Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the best podcast to break down hard-hitting dialogue such as, I'm just your friendly neighborhood travel agent presenting you with a free ticket to Loose Tooth City. Here to provide analysis to that line and so much more. It's my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? Ah, I'm glad Spider-Man's handing out free tickets. Uh, Loose Tooth City's not a place I'd like to visit, although I, I could go for some looser teeth on both my daughters. They're having trouble losing some important teeth, so very annoying. I'm I'm doing well, though, James B. How about you? A special day today. It was the celebration of my puppy's one-year birthday. <laughs> we gave her lots of stuff and tomorrow when she sits around and says where's all that stuff again why didn't i get all this stuff again <laughs> we'll feel badly but you know <laughs> what can you do <laughs> poor puppy well at least she got a birthday present right <laughs> oh yeah she got all kinds of great stuff nice <laughs> should have spread it out more but you know we'll learn we'll know better next time we, uh, we did spread out our Amazing Spider-Man books, and we're now going to come to the conclusion that we we're waiting for from the last time when we found out that Mary Jane Watson uh, revealed to Peter Parker that she knew he was Spider-Man. And the book that starts that off today is from November of 1984. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 258, The Sinister Secret of Spider-Man's New Costume. Written by Tom DeFalco, penciled by Ron Friends, and inked by Joseph Rubenstein. We do start where we ended last time. Peter's standing shocked that Mary Jane has told him she knows he is Spider-Man. Mary Jane explains she ran from Peter in the past because she couldn't handle the stress of knowing he was in constant danger. This is a theme we've heard from several women in Peter's life. As Mary Jane turns to run out of his apartment, again the black cat swings through the window. Peter doesn't chase after Mary Jane, but instead lashes out at the black cat for calling MJ a bimbo. It appears the cat will leave Peter until he inadvertently webs her back, which is proof to her that he still loves her. Yeah, Mary Jane doesn't answer the phone later on when he calls to reach out to her. She finds herself fleeing from her problems rather than confronting them, and she's internally questioning her decision to not get involved in this. Mm -hmm. In Hartsdale, New Mexico, the Puma's alter ego, Thomas Fireheart, instructs his assistant to amass a dossier on Spider-Man so that he can defeat Spider-Man the next time they meet. Back in New York, Peter is depressed with so many troubles and falls asleep in his chair. From the other room, his black costume slithers over the unconscious Peter. In his dreams... Peter has nightmares of his red suit fighting his black suit, while in the real world, the costume swings his unconscious, slumbering body around town. He abruptly wakes to find he's slept in another day. So the suit is swinging him unconscious around town, and they illustrate this as we can kind of transparently see through Spider-Man's mask, and his eyes are closed. I can't we've gone this far into the book without a resolution from Mary Jane, too, knowing that Peter is Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I predicted and discussed that this would happen. Uh, not exactly <laughs> how they did it, but pretty close. But they are giving us the organic suit, you know, symbiote storyline, which is also very important. So it's not like they're just killing time with something silly like Flash Thompson being annoyed that right. he's not getting attention or Shawshan being annoyed that Flash isn't with her. You know, it's, it's a real big plot line. So I'm okay with putting the MJ story in the back burner while they're working on the black suit. 
Ah, it's true, James B. Well, without knowing his suit is controlling him during slumber, Peter dons the costume and finally swings over to the Baxter building to have Reed Richards analyze it. There, Spider-Man discovers the suit is... Alive. Peter can't get it off until Mr. Fantastic zaps it and cages the black mass. Peter, now near naked, requires Johnny Storm to come up with a temporary outfit for Spider-Man. I love this part of the book so much. James B., not only is it truly hilarious, but it it plays off the longtime rivalry and kind of friendship slash enemy (laughs) vibes that Torch and Spider have. Yeah, he has to find a suit for Peter because he can't just stand there in his boxer. So he goes and grabs his old Fantastic Four costume and there is no boots for it. So he's barefoot and there is no mask for it. So he gives him a paper bag and cuts some holes to the eyes. He also puts a kick me sign on his back, too. I don't know how Spider-Man doesn't sense that. but Just so good. Oh, I like it. I like it so much, James B. Well, as Baghead, kick me, Spider-Man, <laughs> swings home, he sees a robbery and dives through a hail of bullets while keeping his Baghead on. Uh, after stopping the robbers, the legion of press that had been filming the standoff turn all their cameras to the oddly dressed hero. <laughs> Peter escapes, but not without feeling ridiculous. When he gets home, Mary Jane arrives not long after. We end with MJ apologizing and saying she will tell him her secrets. Hey, James B., looks like Peter will have someone other than the cat to confide in about being Spider-Man. What do you mean someone else? He's had Madam Web all this time. He just <laughs> never took her up on the offer. He gave her phone calls, but he could have spent more time talking to her. I'm amazed that this is going to actually turn out to be, you know, MJ and Peter talking about him being Spider-Man. The writers have weaseled out of so many instances like this for such a long time. It's surprising. Yeah, I just hope that the MJ secret that she's going to share with him isn't too dumb. Because next book is going to be MJ shares a secret for the whole book. (laughs) If it's something stupid, I'm going to be annoyed. Let's see if James B. is annoyed or happy. (laughs) (laughs) From December of 1984, Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 259, All My Pasts Remembered. I talked to Falco, Ron Friends, and Joseph Rubenstein. As MJ and Peter walk through the park, Mary Jane tells Peter the woeful tale of how her mom sacrificed her dreams only to later have her dad blame his failures on her mom. When MJ's father turns abusive, her mother and her two sisters are forced to flee. Uh, in her early teens, MJ found solace with her Aunt Anna, and that's where she stayed. MJ's sister, Gail, also gave up her dreams, married, and had two children at a young age. When Gail's marriage falls apart, she moves in with MJ and her ailing mother. Mary Jane's mother dies, and MJ leaves her sister, not wanting to fall down the same path of giving up her dreams. Mary Jane explains that her happy-go-lucky attitude and flighty mentality were ways to avoid the woes of her life. MJ ends with expressing her difficulty to cope with Peter, constantly risking his neck as Spider-Man. This is a good backstory from Mary Jane Watson. This open really strengthens the relationship that Peter and her are going to have. Yeah, Tom DeFalco did a good job here. He didn't tell me things that were like completely unbelievable. No one was a spy. Nobody was kidnapped. <laughs> um, even when they had these people getting their divorces, it was reasonable. It was people who were smart and successful 
who had struggles. It wasn't something really unusual. There was no crime people involved in it or, or magia. You know, just it was a good story, and uh, I was not annoyed reading it. Very believable, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I thought the happy-go-lucky attitude and flighty mentality, they did a good job of working that in there to make it believable yes. as well. So. Yeah, yeah, it fits in. They had such a huge timeline they had to kind of cover to make sure they didn't go, you know, too far out of anywhere. So we have complained in previous podcasts about MJ's attitude and her being kind of a ditz. Mm -hmm. And if she can say, look, this is why I was acting that way, you know, and it gives us an opportunity to see her as a smarter, more intelligent character, which we're going to need her to be moving forward. So, hi. While this heart to heart takes place in the park. At the Baxter building, Mr. Fantastic speculates that he will find a way to communicate with the caged symbiote. Meanwhile, the Hobgoblin, who in the previous book, this is Amazing Spider-Man 258, has solidified his alliance with the Rose and has been gliding around destroying the Kingpin's control of the gambling rackets. With everything going so swimmingly, Hobgoblin requests the Rose to help him go shake down someone we know well, and it is... Mr. and Mrs. Harry Osborne. Ooh, there's not a lot of drama about MJ knowing Peter Spider-Man. I would have expected some kind of don't tell anyone, or MJ, you're in danger from my em- enemies in this book. So I'm glad it ends with this Hobgoblin, you know leaving us on a cliffhanger here. If she gave a valid reason not to be concerned, then Peter might as well share the secret with others. He, she can't be like, listen, here's why you don't have to worry about it. He could be like, oh, yeah. that's the case. I'll go tell everyone I know. So the, the absence of this conversation will allow him to use these excuses in the future. And he's like, oh, I don't want to let, can't let Liz Allen know, can't let right. my, Aunt May know. So I enjoyed both major stories here, but... I did find this book lacking. I think this book would have been better if they gave a few more pages to the black suit. I don't think the Rose Hobgoblin plotline was strong enough to make up for this very long MJ story. I mean, you, you, you know, giving them each whatever it was, like 10 pages each and then giving two pages to the black suit, you know, cut back on both of them. Give me, give me a third, a third, a third. Uh, the last book did a better job balancing the symbiote against the love triangle. I would have liked that more. And this book... Uh, did not have a single Spider-Man fight in the issue because Peter's with oh. MJ for nearly the whole book. And I'm not You're really right. sure that was worth the trade of this big, long story to not even have a Spider-Man fight. At the end, he's, you know, I'm getting I'm getting ready. I'm going to put on my suit yeah. and here we go. And then, But and then you, yeah. the book ends. He doesn't, have, he doesn't do anything there. So. The, yeah, the only fighting is the Hobgoblin running around and messing up the Kingpin's like gambling operations and rackets and stuff. Interesting. That's the, the second time that's happened... In pretty short secession, I guess. That yeah. Spider-Man doesn't really fight anyone in a book. Maybe this is what the we're going to get in the 80s. Everybody knows who he is, and everybody just has to talk to each other about their feelings, and there's not as much fighting. But <laughs> again, not a bad book, though. No, so. no. It, the backstory was plausible, and it helped develop Mary Jane's character, and clearly she's going to be a bigger part of his life from now on. So and, we needed it. And like I said, I really wanted more about the black suit and the alien symbiote. And we've kind of yeah. starting, we're starting to reveal a lot more information about it now. Now we know it's alive and Peter's got it off his body. But we're going to jump from 1984 to 1989. And from October of 1989, Stanley presents What If the Alien Costume Had Possessed Spider-Man? Written by Danny Fingeroff, penciled by Mark Bagley, 
and inked by Keith Williams. James Boo, you wanted more black suit. We got more black suit for anybody who wants that. Uh, in this a theoretical tale, Peter arrives several days later than he had before uh, back from Secret Wars, and he can't get the black suit off. Uh, it overtakes Peter, and now Spider-Man is more symbiote alien than human. Black Cat flips out at Reed Richards for failing to help Spider-Man, and in her sorrow reverts to thieving again. No one can stop Spider-Man or the creature, whatever you want to call it, until he runs into the Hulk, and then the black suit switches hosts to the big green guy. Uh, Peter Parker is now free of the symbiote, but drained of life, and he now appears as a white-haired old man. Peter works in Reed's lab to find a way to defeat the symbiote, but dies before his research is complete. Yeah, apparently he was strong enough after the symbiote left him to live for a few days to start working on this research and then just died so tough he was he wanted some revenge well all the heroes go after hulk symbiote but the seemingly unstoppable creature switches bodies once again to thor thankfully uh reed richards gets black boat gets black bolt uh to open his mouth saving thor and nearly killing the symbiote before the heroes decide how to safely entrap the alien, Goop, Black Cat unexpectedly blasts it to death. We learn that she took Peter's scientific notes to the Kingpin, and Kingpin scientists built a symbiote-killing gun in exchange for her eternal loyalty to the Kingpin. Uh, at the end, Black Cat walks off with her new ally, the Kingpin. You know, I'm not really a big what if fan and this is what if uh volume two number four and sometimes these things are just not good especially volume two I mean, volume one is pretty good but these books in the 90s and, and not so good this book i kind of liked it i gotta admit it it was what did you think i i loved it actually i mean i am a big fan of black cat so i was super happy to see her play a part but then when she had to grapple with the idea of you know the only way I'm going to get revenge is if I pretty much, you know, give myself up to the kingpin so that he can help me. I mean, it plays into the Spider-Man storyline so well. So it also, it's, it's fun. It also, she should know that Spider-Man slash Peter Parker, if she was going to acknowledge him, she, she seems to acknowledge him in this book, which is funny, but that she... <laughs> um, She's doing something he would not approve of. He would not want her to work yes. with a kingpin. So in a way, I'm like, it's true. She should have thought to herself, I should, what would Spider want me to do? Uh, by the way, Tom DeFalco wrote the earlier books we discussed, which include those books involving the symbiote and what's happening there. But also today, um, reading this book from 1989, if you look, he's the editor-in-chief five years later. So he was oh. involved in both sides of this. Still around, huh? Well, yeah, he would have known the storyline very well, right? <laughs> to help him write this one. Another thing that's still around is uh, our sponsor. Uh, how could I try to pass that by, James B? Let it let's know. Uh, let us know what our sponsor is. Sure, and the reason I said it's still around is because it's a sponsor we've had in the past. Um, oh, Eddie, do you remember in our story that MJ's dad was blaming the kids for making noise when he was unable to write the great American novel? I do, yes. Well, Eddie, it makes me wonder if the kids were really making noise or not. I mean, MJ is considered an unreliable witness in the story. Does that make sense to you? 
I think so. Why don't you continue, James B? Well, I'm just saying we don't know if she's true or it's true or not because her point oh. of view. Oh, that's true. Yes, I guess she, we're only getting one perspective of right, what was going right. on. Yes. So, Eddie, to learn the truth of what is happening in MJ's story or what's happening with your own kids, I suggest you consider hiring Jack the Weasel. Jack will hang out at any location and let you know what's really going on. He'll tell you things such as, uh, Violet stole a cookie. Or, <laughs> Lily didn't eat her broccoli. Or, Pepper ate Lily's broccoli. So, you know, information that can reach you. So, so much information. Eddie, you don't need the whole supercomputer to know the whole truth. Uh, Weasel Jack, which is what we call him, um, is just one of many available weasels you can hire. You can check out their profile in Campus Security and Life Safety Magazine online to read more about them. So, Eddie, are you able to uh, support a sponsor once again, or are you going to weasel out of another great opportunity? Just as before, as much as I like the puns that are moving around towards the end of this sponsorship, man, I just I don't need someone named Jack the Weasel hanging around my household. <laughs> I mean, they have not a, my household, right? But we maybe have, somebody else. They have other people there, like Weasel Chat, and you know, uh, <laughs> no, no weasels, weasel, no weasels. Thank you, Clara the Weasel. I mean, there's lots of opportunities. I, I have several rodents already in well, my house in the form of guinea pigs. So, <laughs> I would have enjoyed if we had gotten this perspective from someone else besides MJ when she was explaining the story. So, this is an opportunity to for her to consider and for you in the future as well. Okay, all right. I'll keep that in mind, James B. All Thank right. you. That's all we're asking. That's all we're asking for our sponsors. Jack the Weasel. Um, I don't know if I have anything else in these books. Is there anything that you didn't get to talk about that you think was important right now? I, I don't think so. I, I, is Secret Wars over? I don't think it is, right? I still... Danny Figueroa keeps giving us advertisements for it. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's... Let's see, it's 252. We got to go about 12 issues. It's going to go about 264. So, there's 263. There's, so, now it's still just, going. There's some vibe hanging around these amazing Spider-Mans that's like, go read Secret Wars. Don't read this right now that I keep getting from these he, books. He's on 259, the one, the one that we just read uh, yeah. here... No, we just heard 258. Oh, 259. Yeah, you recovered 259 today. That comes out at the same time as the black suit being revealed. Oh, I see. Okay, so now the black, like your favorite cover with the Spider-Man and the black suit. Yeah. That has now come out the same month as wow. this week. Here. So now we're, we're close to the end. We have four more books to go. Uh, Eddie, how can people reach us? Uh, you can email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com or... You can find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. And now it's time for the close. I'm James B. Joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, to trust the Fantastic Four for all your scientific needs. But not your fashion needs. Goodbye. Goodbye. I love that part of this book. So the reporters come up to him and they're like, why are you wearing an outdated Fantastic Four costume? Are you a new member? Do you plan to apply for membership? Who are you? Why are you dressed like that? Is this sort of superhero initiation prank? Where did you come from? Why are you here? What do you call yourself? Do you have any superhero powers? I mean, they, you know, what's the significance of the paper bag? Like, we didn't mention, like, they don't know what Spider-Man.
Yeah. Right. They have no idea. They think it's some newbie Fantastic Four character. <laughs> but it got me thinking, Eddie. It got me thinking. Okay. Yeah. Why couldn't Spider-Man just put on some other random costume? And pretend to be someone? Yeah, he'd be Night Monkey. You know what I'm saying? Like, go out there and just do something else. <laughs> he, he doesn't have to, does he have to be Spider-Man. Spider-Man doesn't have this, like, st- amazing reputation everyone's like oh it's spider-man thank god you're here we're going to throw money at you and shower you with fame he's, true he's getting a lot of grief this is my thought about you know what maybe it's time for a little change of scenery buddy right you know this guy a did reboot. fine yeah nobody he could have he could have two superhero identities it's true and he could sell those pictures to joe robbie because we're going to find out in our next episode that joe <laughs> robbie really wants pictures of not spider-man still yeah it's